Before we officially start this podcast, I just want to remind everyone that the IB Sports Podcast Network is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. If you're on iTunes, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review five stars, please. You can also find IB Sports on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There is also a premium membership that allows you to post without being approved by an admin, levy fines, receive free gambling picks, and a whole lot more. Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast feed. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, my partners in the six-man tag that is life, Ron L. Tinsley and my man, Sam Howe. What's going on, guys? Gentlemen, how's it going tonight? I am feeling fantastic and ready to go. I like it. You got the Deadpool shirt uh, going. You're, you're yes, good, sir. Right? Uh, I'm also very happy and honored to have with us Joe Hahn of uh, Mark's Name Joe podcast, YouTube channel, correct? Yes, that is. And then uh, the Keeping It Kayfabe uh, Twitter handle, correct? Keep up with Kayfabe. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess that up. I should have wrote it down, Joe. You're close. Uh, but he is a great follow on Twitter. Their podcast is outstanding. Uh, me and Sam actually went on uh, their YouTube channel to do a preview of the last NXT TakeOver, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and we're very happy to have Joe with us this week. Um, Glad to be here. We got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to do our typical superlatives of the week. Uh, you know, for those that have not listened before, we do superlatives of the week for all four wrestling shows. So we're going to have this week, we did cut out the wrestler on a rise and wrestler on the slide because we're also going to do a hell in a cell preview at the end of the podcast. But this week and all weeks, the categories are face of the week, heel of the week, match of the week, promo of the week, storyline you need to pay attention to. And then something that we added last week that I really am glad that we did is just the show that won the week. We really didn't have to do that because AEW was winning uh, for so long, but SmackDown has been uh, honestly awesome for about two months now to where I think it's actually a competition, which is great for wrestling fans. Um, but why don't we start off with face of the week? I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, it's Kushida from NXT. I have been pleasantly surprised by how much they have pushed him over the last month, starting at TakeOver, uh, obviously with his win over Velveteen Dream and what was a, a really fun and great match. And then, I mean, I don't know how much bigger it gets in NXT than winning a triple threat match versus Ciampa and Velveteen Dream. You can really see that they have big plans for this guy, which I'm excited about because he's, he's great in the ring. Uh, as you guys, or I don't know if Joe knows this, but obviously Sam and Ron L do. I don't really follow uh, wrestling outside of WWE and AEW. I'm not a, a New Japan guy or, you know, uh, TNA or any of that stuff. So um, this is really my first exposure to him uh, in the last couple of months. I have heard a lot of buzz about him, and I'm starting to understand why. I, I hope to see that they continue this push because – all I can think about every time I see him in the ring is, man, it's going to be fun to see this guy wrestle Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, uh, mix it up with some of the bigger guys, which he's proven he can 
look good and have great matches with, I mean, Velveteen Dream is not a small guy. Uh, Ciampa obviously is not a big guy, but he's big-ish for NXT. Uh, so he is my face of the week. Uh, Joe, you're the guest. Why don't you tell us who your face of the week from the week of wrestling is? Oh, man, I was hoping to go last on this one because I've got something controversial to say. Oh, well, I don't no, think. No, no, no. Oh, please, please. We'll, let you go last then. we'll go ahead and go to Ron now then. Let's say. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Well, like. then, yeah, because mine is mine is a really simple one. Mine is the new day. Um, you know, they're handling the, the split. Well, they put on a really fantastic six man match on SmackDown, which shouldn't be a surprise. You know, they were facing the bar for the 257th millionth time. So, and then, you know, of course, Kofi and Sheamus in a singles, of course, went and burned down the house. That was close to being my match of the week, but it's like, you know, unfortunately we've seen those guys so many times. So mine was the new day. Sam, what you got? I went Dana Bryan because I was... Uh, he is at this point my favorite active pro wrestler he is and, and just like getting to see him back after two months and watching him put over all of the talent that he put over on smackdown uh was just really exciting for me and like did you hear his comments about the ic title sam that he he really and uh this was both in an interview and then on i don't know if it was like raw talk or uh, smackdown talk one of those shows he said he wants to win the IC title and then do what he had originally said he was going to do when he had his feud with AJ Styles for the belt, basically kind of the Cody Rhodes or, you know, John Cena U.S. title with the IC belt where every week, basically, he would be wrestling on TV for the belt, putting people over. I know that's practically a wet dream for you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, <laughs> the if that's what he does for the next year before he goes to japan and uh aew like a, as a more part-time wrestler which do so you I, think he's leaving i'm not i mean he i don't think he has anything else to accomplish he you know he re-signed last time for three years and i just <laughs> you know i i think going like what he he's gonna be 41 uh he'll be 40 in may <laughs> i know his birthday is also my oldest friends um <laughs> But yeah, sure. It is May twenty second. Um, oh, I thought you were saying Daniel Bryan was your oldest friend. No, no. I got, I got you. I was, I was like, no, wow, no, this, this no, is no, got I, sad. I'm louder than five hundred feet. My oldest friend. Um, but yeah, he, he yes, uh, Daniel Bryan is. Uh, no, I think that he's he's he'll be leaving the WWE. Um, I would. I mean, I'd be pretty, but I would love to see him in AEW in New Japan and a Luchas de Apuestas match. But yeah, his, him being back and him just like being babyface ass Brian Danielson with his wife and daughter on the Thunderdome and like talking about all the great talent, like putting over all the people that I'd love to see him wrestle. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was my face of the week. And, and now I want to hear the controversial pick from uh, Johan. I don't think there's a baby face in wrestling right now that I give a crap about. I think that this week was incredibly light on the work from people that I would consider baby faces. There was a lot of great tweener work from people that others might call heels. You put like, Jay Uso I honestly, in that category? Well, Jey Uso, I, I, I gave a big hoot about him going into uh, his first pay-per-view match with Roman Reigns. I felt that he was a great character at that point. I'm a little surprised that we're going into the second pay-per-view match with him. 
but he's he's doing a good job. I just don't think he's doing like he's the top of my wrestling pantheon for the week kind of thing. I I look at things like Eddie Kingston's promo that he cut, which I'm going to you know already drop right now is my promo of the week. That I thought that that was a very close to babyface promo for what I would consider. That was a very tweener thing for him to say. He made John Moxley a heel in my mind for what he was saying. He he made me buy in. I drank the Kool Aid, but he's he's not a face. I. I really wanted to pick somebody, but I really can't think of a single person in wrestling right now that is an active baby face that I cared about this week. See, my, my theory, by the way, is that Keith got rid of um, uh, got rid of wrestler on the slide because he didn't want to hear me complain about Keith Lee losing <laughs> in like the most 50-50 ass booking possible. It's yeah. partly. I've already heard it twice this week on the phone. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to make our, our listeners listen to it as well. Three for three, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that that's perfectly acceptable to say that there is no one that really stood out to you. So I guess is the bigger question: Are baby faces basically dead in wrestling? Because you could make this argument for quite some time that most. Uh, wrestlers that get really over are, as Joe was, you know, pointing out, more of a tweener role. And it's almost like they're kind of just rolling people out there and letting fans kind of decide who do you want to root for. Uh, you know, the, the Hurt Business was a prime example a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were arguing, like, is, are they making them face? Are they making them heel? Ones that they're not doing either, and they're just putting them out there. And if, you know, fans cheer, they cheer. And if they boo, they boo. And when there's not a crowd there to react – it makes a lot more sense than it would if there was a crowd there and you're, you know, trying to get them involved into the match. I, I think the Thunderdome and this whole COVID pr- uh, presentation has done a great job of showing us what WWE wants us to think, because they'll, they'll hit the, this is awesome chance. <laughs> they'll hit the, the yays. They'll hit the booze. They'll do whatever they want for wherever they think it should go. Like an 80s sitcom. Exactly. Right <laughs> now, track, Roman yeah. Reigns, would co- be coming out to thunderous I applause and cheers. Absolutely. He is very much so a heel with how WWE is booking him. I think that sticking to the traditional good guy, underdog, yay, evil, bad guy, boo, needs to go away. The Rock became WWE's biggest babyface by being a jackass. Stone Cold Steve Austin beat up his boss on a weekly basis that's not something a good guy does that gets him over like people want to cheer things that they want to cheer and it's not always going to fit into vince's like oh this guy's a plucky underdog roman reigns is never a plucky underdog no one should ever uh, cheer him for that even sam's hero daniel Bryan. it was his great work as a heel that you know no. led to the yes chant and that was when and i don't wrong he did a great job as a you know just a typical you know, red American, you know, baby face in wrestling terms when he did that whole, you know, run up to WrestleMania 30. But as Joe was saying, you know, it was the heel Daniel Bryan that everybody got behind. And then obviously he had that moment at WrestleMania where Seamus squashed him. And that just, I mean, it just exploded from there. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, changes wrestling. Because we've actually discussed this on the podcast, Joe, is like, it's going to be weird when you get fans back because yeah. we don't really know who's over, who's not over. Like we have an idea, but it's just, it's so different when you don't have that crowd there 
reacting or hearing, you know, who's getting the loudest pop or what was the match of the night by reaction. And, you know, it's, it's just been different and it's going to be a little weird because this is extended so long when we get back to our normal uh, wrestling, quote unquote. Um, I, I just, sorry, I just wanted yeah, to go ahead. I hard disagree on, I think that the plucky underdog baby face I will give Joe is, you know, I think should be done away with. But I think that the, you know, that the, the, the Austin, like McMahon was always sort of a scumbag heel. And Austin, the, the example that I always go to is that he was always kind of an anti-hero in this. But even then, like there, if you guys remember his feud with The Undertaker, with the Ministry of Darkness, like as much as he hated Vince McMahon, he still saved Stephanie. He still came out. And there was a degree of honor to him as a character, which made him interesting. I think that there's, I, I think that you you have to have just the way that the art of pro wrestling works. You need a face. You need a good guy. And you, you can define that differently. And I yeah. mean, even more from what, you know, kind of Joe was getting at, I hate more than anything that cowardly heel. You oh. know, like, oh, it's, it's so tired. It's like, to me, the greatest heels are the ones that are actually good. And they went on their own. And that's what makes them heal. Is they're sitting there telling you, I'm going to beat you. I'm probably going to try to cheat if I can. Uh, but I can actually beat you. And I'm not going to have to run away from every fight or, you know, cheat to win every single match. Uh, so, again, hopefully we're going to be moving to some different things. And we'll, we'll get into in a minute that there was something very different uh, this week from the pro wrestling. I've never seen anything like it. And it was awesome. So, uh, let's uh, start off with Ron L. Who's your heel of the week? Uh, piggybacking off of what got Sam so upset <laughs> and touching on um, the is he an actual heel tweener thing that Joe had just brought up, mine is Braun Strowman. Um, showed a really, had a really good showing versus the world champion, even though that's kind of in a face role what he's been uh technically has been a heel so and then got a clean victory which surprised the ever-loving crap out of me over keith lee well it wasn't clean i mean he 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 loved well clean-ish (laughs) clean-ish you know it, it wasn't maybe it was like you know one of those dastardly things that he kind of picked up from uh roman from the from the butt kick and he took on friday night but uh you know, you get a win over Keith Lee, and now, you know, you're going to feud with Keith Lee, it looks like, you know. Good for you, Braun. You know, he got my nod. Most 50-50 ass booking. It's not going to be 50-50. They're going to – he got a cheap win, and I'm telling you, it's going to Keith Lee's going to get a cheap win. No, he's going to get this, a- this, is, this is WWE's 2020 dick feud. Like it happened with Shinsuke and AJ Styles and that, ruined everybody's summer. I think win. Like I think that this is going to lead. Yeah, in six pay-per-views. Maybe on the think. kickoff for the Royal Rumble. I think so. no, 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 no. See, I made, I was making a joke. I, I was actually my 50-50 comment was more about Braun, where the 50-50 was that he loses to Roman. And I don't it, it gets to something that bothers me about the WWE, which is that they do this too often, which is where they go, Well, you know, like and, and I've said this, why do it? You control the universe. Why have Braun, you know, if, if you want him to keep looking strong, why have him go over Keith Lee? even if he did kick him in the dick. <laughs> All right, uh, kick him in the dick. It's, uh, you go ahead with your heel of the week. Uh, my heel of the week was Eddie Kingston, who I think has been doing, and, and it's interesting, I've never, I, I was sort of out of the indie scene when he was 
Uh, I'm actually you know, going to surreptitiously check Wikipedia to find out where he wrestled. Um, but I <laughs> thought the way it was uh, recent. Uh, you know, he, I know from what he said, he's wrestled in. Uh, Is he really good in the ring? Because again, I haven't seen him other than I think one match in AEW. Like, is he a great character talker, or is he also somebody that can actually really go in the ring? Do any of y'all know? I think he's a serviceable wrestler. I think he's he he doesn't work as soft as the Miz, but I think Miz is a good comparison where he's mostly Mike skills, but he can work in the ring. I think we're going to see him do incredible things, though, uh, at full gear in his main event match with Moxley. I assume that that'll be a death match. You know, they wrestled together in CZW. Um, I assume it'll be a garbage match, which you don't have to exactly be, you know, uh, Kenta Kobashi to look great in. Um, you just got to be a little crazy. Yeah, you just got to be willing to do violent stuff. Um <laughs> I'm hoping that the, yeah, I thought that his promos, I thought that he's really got, I mean, he's not going to win. I mean, John Moxley could, could get struck by lightning and he will pull, and Eddie Kingston will pull the limp dead body of John Moxley on top of him to win that match. But he's done a great job of selling me that maybe he won't. All right, Joe, what's your hill of the week? I'm going to keep the love fest for Eddie Kingston going because I totally agree with Sam. I think he is doing a tremendous job with what he's doing on the microphone. I think that he is putting him like, I was watching that promo that they showed him cut after AEW went off the air last week. And first off, I was really upset at the fact that they had the, the cheery AEW theme song going on under it. I, I was what was ripped. that? I was ripped while they were doing that because it ruined it for me. I didn't but I went back, I watched it again, and everything that he's saying, like like I, I I've said this about MJF before, he could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> this guy, it, he could say anything, and I'll be like, yes, sir. And I believe everything that comes out of his mouth, I hope that he backs it up. You know, they, they have an I quit match, which, you know, you could say what you want about how they're having a pay-per-view I quit match. WWE is having a pay-per-view I quit match coming up as well. Eh, oh, well. But I hope that there's something more at stake in the end. I hope that it's not just Eddie Kingston, you know, quitting. I, I hope that maybe he goes away for a little bit after it if he ends up losing. I But I do think this is going to be a gruesome match. The two of them love each other, so they are going to kill each other, and it's going to be—it's it, it, going to be uncomfortable to watch at the end. I guarantee that. The Omega match to me with Moxley was borderline because, like, I have a hard time that, that with was, concussions and stuff. Yeah. You know, it just—they were beating the hell out of each other. That, that one, I—I I didn't get as emotionally invested in. I feel like that one was like a lot of hardcore for the sake of hardcore, and I wasn't, yeah, wasn't super into that match. But this match is going to feel like two brothers beating the piss out of each other. It's going to be everything that people want from Roman versus Jay, but it's actually going to happen. Has anybody else felt really underwhelmed by Moxley as champ? I, I think you've heard me on this podcast say that I, I think that he got a little stellar as champ in the last couple of months. I think a lot of it is he he lives so much off of the crowd reaction. I mean, yeah. I think back to when he won the belt. I mean, the place was going nuts. Think about his debut. Exactly. And uh, it's really hurt him. And that's no you know offense to him. It's the same thing with McIntyre. I just think right now it's really difficult uh, to be champion. The only reason Reigns is so exciting is because it's so different from what his character has been previously. And he's with Paul Heyman, you know, I mean, there's just all these things. 
but we're only two months in. If it's, you know, three, four months down the line, it might be the same deal because, you know, both McIntyre and Moxley have been champion for basically the entire, you know, 2020. Yeah. Oh, Dick's if like- I can uh, just jump in on yeah. that. Um, I honestly, with this Kingston thing, I actually liked um, Moxley's promo because it seemed, you know, he had a little more to give, uh, you know, at least emotionally towards um it wasn't just like a hollow you know i'm doing just doing my thing i'm you know gonna tell you i'm gonna smash your head and i'm gonna smash you in the head with a you know with a hammer or something like that i'm gonna drag you he actually talking about i'm gonna either bust you up until you give this angle up or i'm gonna get my friend back so i I, that came that had came close to being my promo of the week just because and this was before we had gotten Kingston's second one. So my heel of the week is Jericho MJF. Um I, I was blown away. Uh me me and Sam actually said on the podcast last week that what are they gonna do at this dinner? Like this is probably going to be bad. Like I'm worried, you know, these, these are two people that I'm very excited to see whether they team up, whether they feud. I just want to see these two guys together because they're both great. And then them singing a musical uh, would have been the last thing I would have ever thought was where they were going to go. And it was fantastic. Like when it finished, I literally, and I can't remember how many times I've done this on any wrestling program, rewinded it back and watched it again because I was just shocked. And the whole segment was great uh, because when it started and they were, you know, bickering about the steak and stuff, I chuckled, but I was kind of like, okay, is this what this is going to be? And then, you know, they had the laugh about Orange Cassidy and then to break into it and then to find that it's basically a Rat Pack song. Uh, it, it, it just, it's great. I am so excited for these two guys. I talked about it when we had the Firefly Funhouse match at Mania. I love when wrestling takes chances. This was definitely a chance, uh, and it worked. And oh, by the way, MJF and Jericho both can sing. Like we knew Jericho could. I didn't know MJF could. It was great. Like it was Could really sing. Even Brittany was like, this is, she goes, they can sing. And I go, well, Jericho, you know, is in a band, don't forget. But uh, it just, it it blew me away. And it's funny that, you know, you could argue, are these guys really heel kind of to the point that Joe was making that, you know, these are two of the more over guys on AEW who are definitely heels in their actions. But, you know, if we're going crowd reactions, but it's like what I said, how, what is more heel than seeing like basically Broadway and it working? Uh, it's just the arrogance and stuff that it has to take the moxie, the, you know, the confidence in your character. And it just like bravo to them. Uh, bravo to the segment. I love it when wrestling takes chances, especially with its biggest stars. They did it with Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse match and it worked gangbangers. Same thing here my heel of the week. And honestly, if, if we had a wrestler of the week, it would have been the same thing. Even though I didn't have a match just because I was just so impressed by a six minute and, you know, 30 second segment. The, I watched well, it I, like a giddy schoolgirl the entire time. <laughs> I, yeah, that, like, I, you, like I, I tweeted today, that. people that haven't watched it at least 60 times, what the hell is wrong with you? It was amazing. 
and my wife was just like this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen i'm like this is the greatest sports yep. entertainment thing i've ever seen it it was picture perfect like when mjf started singing i was like wait hold on a second <laughs> let me continue to listen because maybe this is recorded no this is them singing <laughs> this is this is MJ- this dude can freaking what it was a flex for sure. the, the, and the the choreography and all of that you know adding the girl like just the whole thing was amazing i couldn't like i had you know saw talks about it on social media and such and i literally you know just watched it uh earlier today and i was like this is what they were like i was blown away even though i had known it was coming so the disadvantage that I have of living it's advantage disadvantage is that the disadvantage is I get surprised less because everything's on tape delay here. The advantage is though is that I know what I want to see. And <laughs> when that happened, like Keith and I talked about this, that I thought that it was gonna be a little bit my dinner with Andre, uh, which is a like a movie I know about because of community and You'd be proud of me. I Wikipedia and Googled it after we talked. Yeah. So was, I, now I get the joke. <laughs> so it was just like, it, it, and, and then they fucking like, then they did a, a goddamn Broadway routine. And I was like, well, you know, you did it again. Like I, and I, yeah, I thought it was just a great, you know, just a great segment. And I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. So let's move on to match of the week. I'm going to start. Uh, it was the tag team fatal four way for an opportunity to face uh, FTR, the Young Bucks versus Private Party versus Butcher and the Blade versus Dark Order. And this is something Sam talks about a lot on the podcast. And I just want to reiterate it here that just because you know the outcome doesn't mean it can't be a successful match, successful storyline. Everybody knew when they set this up, the Young Bucks are going to be the next team to face FDR to pay-per-view. I mean, it just, this is the match people want to see. I know I do. I think everybody does. Basically, from the moment FTR showed up, it's what they've been building. Um, but a lot of teams in this offered are in the situation, aka WWE probably, but it just had a, you know, a, a tag team match where the Young Bucks faced one other tag team, uh, and it would be pretty boring. But by putting four teams in, which I, I love it when you have multi- uh, tag team uh, matches where whether it be a triple threat tag team match or this way fatal four-way uh, just the action because tag team matches in general are so much more fast-paced and uh, it, it just it hit all the hot spots and it's been something that I've been clamoring for AEW to do more of because I feel like that their tag team division is arguably their biggest strength I mean they're so loaded in the tag team division and I wish they would highlight it more and have more matches like this with bigger stakes because yes, you have, you know, a few tight matches like the best friends, uh, you know, match against Ortiz and those guys, Santana Ortiz, but you don't have a lot of, you know, matches that are for title opportunities. And the rankings have been a little confusing uh, with the tag team, not nearly as uh, straight line as, as you can in the singles division. So I love this match. I'm so excited about the Young Bucks versus FTR. I'm kind of hoping they do a two out of three falls. I just think that would be fantastic for those two teams. That's something that 
old school tag team wrestling did all the time. I think of the Hart Foundation versus Demolition at SummerSlam. Uh, you had, you know, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson uh, versus the Road Warriors way back in the day in the NWA had a two out of three classic. Uh, but that was my match of the week. Joe, what was yours? Well, I just want to say that that tag match was very good. And that's also been a very controversial match because there was a spot in it that uh, did a very bad number to Alex Reynolds. And he was, he was laid out for a very long time. I thought at first it was a comedic oversell because it looked very planned with how blade dragged him into the corner, but then he just stayed there. And I'm like, this is not good watching it back. You can see him trying to motion to the ref, but he couldn't even muster up the strength to do anything. It reminds you of Hardy a few months ago in the pay-per-view. Unfortunately. So it's, it's not a good look for the company, but in that moment, there's so much chaos going on in the ring. There's, there's, there's eight people flying around it's much I hope he's more okay. understandable than the the match with hardy where it was just yes. two guys yeah but getting back to my match of the week my match of the week was the shortest match of the week and that was kenny omega versus sunny kiss when justin roberts started introducing uh kenny omega and this long list of accomplishments <laughs> highlighted by he's once wrestled in north carolina <laughs> he i knew that something was going to be different the music hits and i'm like ooh, okay i'm waiting and i'm waiting and they bring out the girls with the brooms and then you see kenny's silhouette and i say to my wife i'm gonna scream like a little girl if he comes out and he's wearing aviators like that's all that i need right now i just need the cleaner back and no aviators but he comes out v trigger one winged angel one two three good night sonny the fact that his introduction was longer than the match was priceless. And then on top of that, after the match, Kenny is like trying this phony baby face, trying to put over his opponent. Like he's just had this 60 minute classic with the guy. And Sonny's just looking at him like, you, you just obliterate what, what's go? Why are you raising? What is going on? And it's just such a beautiful thing watching how AEW is trying to present people that have been baby faces as transitioning into being a heel because i would argue that they've been doing that with cody for a long time and seeing his reactions after matches has been priceless but this whole package this genuine squash was my match of the week the you know where the the whole i mean i'm I'm sure that this is not the first person to do it but the the one that i remember with the long introduction uh is vintage heel american dragon ring of honor 2006 brian danielson and i'll always mark out for that and i also i love kenny omega um that's part of why i'm hoping that dragon goes to aew is to get the chance to watch those guys work together because they've never as like like kenny omega and daniel fucking brian have never gotten to wrestle each other um and i think that like joe you and i might have i might fly to connecticut to do a uh COVID Mega Powers Unite handshake. (laughs) 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 Um, If that happens. Uh, But my, uh, but I I almost jokingly picked that because we did what we've been waiting for from Kenny. Mm. I was shocked. I I thought somebody might put him for uh, heel of the week because, um, you know, there's no doubt that he is heel now. And it, it was pretty abrupt. I mean, I know they had a few hints of it but there was no doubt uh after this match and again little things that you know AEW does well is having Sonny be the person that he squashed 
I think is also brilliant because we know all the support that Sonny's got on social media and, you know, the opportunity that they give. And then to have, you know, this heel turn kind of solidified by him squashing Sonny, I thought that was just a smart little, you know, extra dimension uh, to the entire angle. I was tweeting that I was very upset that Sonny was in the match because they AEW has this ranking system. Like, why why isn't it Cage? Why isn't it MJ? Blah, 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 blah. And then when they pulled out the match and it was five seconds long, I'm like, that's why. And that it was it was perfect. I'm like, okay, I see you. I'm sorry. I see you. <laughs> and there's even an added layer of that because of Kenny's role as one of the EVPs. Yep. Which I uh, might be what you're referring to, in which case, I'm sorry. I'm very Oh, sorry. you're good. Sam, uh, why don't you go ahead and do your uh, match of the week? Mine was also the tag team match, uh, which I sort of felt like, uh, and, and Joe is getting me to rethink, actually, and this is one of the highest comments I can give, how I'm going to do, because in terms of best character getting over, he's right. It was that. Uh, best quality match was easily the um, the tag team match. I think we covered that. The one thing I would say is I would like for that first match to be a one fall match i it's one problem that i have with johnny gargano's aew feuds i mean i'm sorry uh, NXT. Uh, <laughs> like did you just oh, break some news for sam goal. i know johnny gargano's nxt feuds is that they start at like this 10 yeah. and he has these That's great fair. first matches and then he goes and he wrestles again and it's like bro you gotta build some of the and i would hope that that would be what but the, has uh, AEW done any back-to-back pay-per-view matches because even cassidy and jericho technically did not fight right on back-to-back pay-per-views well technically they're going to do a sammy and matt that's fair okay but i, I just mean, was saying that, I, I could see them having a match and then you know it being six months before those guys fight again because they that's one thing i love about AEW is they kind of keep feuds fresh by not you know, running into the ground for three months. I would be fine though with them. I mean, if there was ever a, I mean, the fu- irony of all of this will be if it just turns out that the FTR and the Bucks like, are great tag teams. They just don't have good chemistry, and the match is just a wet ball. That would suck. I don't think so. Though. <laughs> that would be the I biggest case of blue balls in wrestling. <laughs> We're all expecting a seven star better than Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks. They got a lot of work to do. though. that's arguably like my favorite tag team match I've ever watched. Like it was so good, and I did not expect really? that one uh, to be that great. Uh, Rano, what's your match of the week? My match of the week was the Lucha Brothers match. Um, I am not a big like luchador fan, you know, or of that style, but the performance these two guys put on and the fact that they're brothers, you know, you, you had Eddie Kingston on um, the commentary desk. And those two guys, I mean, some of those slaps, like normally a chop doesn't really bother me when I'm watching wrestling. I like to listen for, you know, is it a good slap? You get a good perspiration come off the person. You know, how, how does it look? But those chops had me like, oh, oh, oh. like the um, Ray Phoenix's chest was literally turning purple by the end of that match. But those two guys just, it was just such a brilliant um out and you know i apparently they you know 
cut their teeth fighting each other. So, you know, it's great that they knew each other so well, but just, man, I'm never really big on luchador style matches, but those two dudes brought down the house for me. So why don't we stay with you and you go and do your promo of the week, Rono? My promo of the week was The Miz, uh, right before his match with Heavy Machinery. Um, I had loved the way... Whoa, 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 whoa. Heavy Machinery was not on Raw. Oh, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> with with Tucker and... Um, that was why I chuckled, Rono. I, I just immediately thought of Otis in that mask and outfit. Mm-hmm. And it was just... It was like Hogan, Wait, that was remember? Otis? When he was the American, you remember Hogan in the early 2000s? Uh, the, when he uh, the, the Patriot. Yeah, the Patriot. It's for America. Yeah, it's like he's he's posing and everything. And it, the, I know, doing me. the pose. Oh, it, it cracks me up. But the, just the way The Miz was talking about it, and and you know me being a, a prestige uh, junkie, he was talking about you know bringing prestige back to the money in the bank. He, the way he talked about um, I am what championship material looks like not you the you know they're building it up really great even though um we know that otis will not be cashing in successfully at least there's nothing pointing to it i just thought it was a, a fantastic promo in that miz was really trying to just bring value back to the money in the bank and hopefully you know Maybe next year we get a more viable money in the bank and maybe someone who we can think is like, this dude actually has a shot at really cashing it in. Take, I think they moved him to Raw because he is going to successfully cash in. He's on SmackDown. Oh, is he He's on up. SmackDown? Oh, I'm sorry. Tucker's on Raw. Again, the, um, I, I, would, <laughs> I would love to do it. Stop, stop. He's already dead. With Otis <laughs> cashing in on SmackDown, <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you want to see heel ass Roman Reigns, like just grind Otis into a ham colored cake. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and do my promo of the week. Um, it's technically a combo. I know the opening segment they didn't really say anything other than just that we're you know monday night raw but it was alexa bliss and bray wyatt the firefly funhouse uh you know i don't even know what you call those i guess technically they're a promo yeah vignettes um i i loved the opening segment uh now don't get me wrong i guess if you're not going to flinch at guys jumping you, it's probably going to be retribution. That's not going to scare you, (laughs) but I love the presentation of it. I really did. I love the way they were holding hands, you know, they didn't move. And then of course the, you know, undertaker type move where lights go out, they come back on, they're gone. And then I I really enjoyed the the firefly Funhouse and just, you know, basically saying we're here and I am so excited about Alexa bliss and Bray Wyatt being, uh, together on WWE programming because I, I've said this before, but I think they're the best two actors, if you will, uh, in WWE. Bray Wyatt has made some of the craziest things in wrestling work. Uh, I mean, I just think about the Mr. Rogers character. Remember our, our initial reaction, like that first week was a lot of people are like, what? Like, this is mm-hmm. what you're going to do with Bray Wyatt? And it's worked. Uh, and Alexa Bliss has been great and everything she's uh, done. I loved her as her uh, Hill title run. I didn't really understand the Alexa, Nia Jax, WrestleMania feud because it's like you have one don't of the most liked. Don't, 
heal people versus, you know, one of the most disliked people that you're going to make the baby face. But anyway, um, I, I can't wait to see what these two uh, have in store. And um, they just need to take over Raw, which I think that's what they're going to do. Because if you notice, they opened the show. And then obviously, they also had the Firefly Funhouse. And I said that last week when they got drafted, that it made so much sense to put them on your three-hour show because they can take up blocks, uh, not only with matches in the ring, but also with a bunch of cool stuff, with promos, vignettes, et cetera. Um, Joe, what is your uh, promo of the week? Well, the obvious answer is them showing Eddie Kingston going off the air from last week. However, I'm going to give a nod to my boy, the muscle pervert, John Silver for promo of the week for the sheer fact that they gave him a promo slot on AEW Dynamite. This guy is genuinely one of the funniest people in wrestling. If you haven't seen him on BTE, you are missing out. And he is also an incredible worker. I've seen him in uh, Beyond Wrestling several times. And he he's lightning fast and he's so strong. It blows your mind. Like he literally is one of the smallest people in that locker room, not named Marco stunt. And he, Do you have a comp one of the first, like his, his, his character for people that don't know him. Uh, just, just the, the, the two words that they keep calling him muscle pervert. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a comp, like to a, a wrestler either in the past or. Oh, you know, a comp. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were. Yeah. Oh, okay. I said Cesaro, oh. put him in the dryer. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one. I like that. Cesaro, if you put him in the dryer. <laughs> that dude reminds me of. Uh, you guys remember that movie Hall Pass? Yes. I remember so it. You're, do you remember the, the, the DJ dude who is trying to get with the Australian chick? I do not. All I remember, I'm with Joe. Okay. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, if you ever watch Hall Pass, that's who um, uh, Joe's promo guy reminds me of. Because when he was doing that thing, especially right before the uh, Cole Cabana's match, I was just thinking of that scene in Hall Pass when he was upset with the with the Aussie chick. But anyway, the uh, Sam, have you done your promo? I, I was going to say MJF, um, Jericho, we've talked about that. The one thing that I would like to give a little bit of praise to, because the WWE almost never does this, though, is Mustafa Ali referencing that he was the hacker. Mm. Um, I really, like, you have so much history. You have all this stuff. Like, acknowledge it. They've done a better job lately, though, right? Because what was there was something else a couple of weeks ago we were talking about that we couldn't believe they brought up. And they the, tied the something else together. Shoot, no, yes, I, I can't. I remember us bringing that up, and now I can't remember exactly what that story was. I, I will say, though, as I, and Joe, I hope that you'll get this reference, but it, you <laughs> might be a, a younger millennial on this one. Uh, if Bray Wyatt is building his, uh, his dark Pee-wee's Playhouse... Oh. I desperately want uh, Titus O'Neil as uh, Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> His evil Cowboy Curtis. No one? Titus okay. is kind of out there in the fold, so I, I, I could see them doing literally anything with him. They made a point to draft him. They made a point to not, I mean, I don't, I don't want to play the Ryan. race card, but they made a point to not put him with the Hurt Business. The, so, I mean, no, this is not the race card. will be feuding with him though soon, right, Sam? <laughs> Sam has a theory that basically if you look at Vince McMahon and their history, like the, the worst thing is when they have black superstars, they're always feuding with other black superstars. They do it with the Latino superstars too. 
Yeah, it's, that's it's, fair. It's actually, yeah, right. you're right. Vince is like, why? Why can't they be together? They should always be tagging or wrestling. Like Vince grew up in segregated North Carolina. Like let's in a trailer park. Like he is who he is. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the storyline you need to pay attention to. Uh, I am most excited about the potential Rollins Daniel Bryan program. Um, I'm hoping that wasn't just a tease, and it could be, uh, but it appeared like that that was kind of what I got out of that promo, other than just putting over the entire roster, obviously, was uh, these two guys are going to eventually feud. And I was asking Sam today when we talked on the phone, I know they had a few, like, singles and tag team matches and Raw and obviously six-man tag when it was the Shield and Team Hell No, uh, but I'm almost positive they have never had a feud in WWE, and Sam is you know, spoke wonders about some of their feuds and their previous, uh, you know, wrestling promotions. So I, I just can't wait to see these guys. And I know both of them don't work quite the same because obviously Brian has the, you know, neck and head issues. Rollins has never worked quite as fast since he had the knee injury, but they're still two of the best wrestlers in the game. Uh, and I just, I think it's awesome. Like Rollins can be such an annoying heel. And obviously Daniel Bryan is one of your most popular faces in the last decade. Uh, if, you know, it's going to be something that crowds could really get behind. It's probably going to be watching through your computer or TV screen, but uh, maybe one day we'll get to see them fight in person as well. But I'm really excited to see the Rollins Bryan program that it looks like we're headed to. Um, Sam, what was uh, your uh, storyline? Uh, my storyline of the week is the inevitable uh, that we're th- that we're very clearly starting for towards Hangman Page versus very serious singles wrestler Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh, I'm just like as somebody who like not to brag, but I have seen uh, Seth Rollins wrestle uh, Dana Bryan on my birthday in on Raw in 2013, and I saw them wrestle to a 15 minute draw in March of 2009. Oh. But I'm yeah, I'm really share all the right. other thing you uh, said to me today because it's interesting. I think Joe want to hear it. Who do you you said who you think is going to end up taking the title from Moxley? I think it's it's Kenny Omega. It has to be Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah, has to be. There, okay. and he needs to like. Mox gets needs, one more defense. He's beating Kingston, and then it's done. Okay. Yeah, we he, we need that. Um, I want to see like. So do you think the Hangman Page feud is put on hold until after Omega wins the belt, or do you think they fight? If before... I'm, okay, that's what I'm saying, I think they wrestle in this tournament, and I think that there's some kind. That of... That would be the finals, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that right? Yes. That'll be the finals. There'll be some kind of healing from Kenny Omega, some big heel move. Maybe he'll cheat to win. I don't know. Maybe he'll he'll do something. And he's going to – I'm hoping that he beats Moxley the way that Brody Lee beat Cody Rhodes. Mm. Like, you – you, I want to set up, like, Kenny Omega. Like, we've been waiting to get to the fireworks factory with him since it started. I just don't know if they do that to Moxley, though, at this point, right? He's bulletproof. Why not? He's, I mean, he's been champ, he'll been champion for well over a year at that point. He can take um, that loss. made man now. Yeah. I, well, I, I guess you're right. John Cena took that loss. So, I mean, if John Cena can take Cody it, ate anybody. that loss in pride. Yep. Yeah. Um, they I, came back I, with a weird hair color, though. So, <laughs> for two weeks. Um, <laughs> Look like Green Day. Um, <laughs> uh, Ron L., what is your uh, storyline you need to pay attention to? 
uh, to back off of your promo of the week, mine is Will is the Hurt Business uh, next in line to The Fiend since he was talking about I'm getting my friends. Uh, he went after and squashed Retribution. Um, and the Hurt Business happened to be a bystander. And they did flash um, when he had mentioned my friends and he showed both Retribution and them. So I'm wondering, will The Fiend be attempting to destroy the Hurt Business? Joe, what is your uh, storyline? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Retribution and watching what happens next because WWE is pretty good at picking up pieces of the mistakes that they've made. And I saw, we saw Retribution both get buried and resurrected on Raw this week. Starting out the show with The Fiend not even flinching at five of them surrounding him. Him then choking out uh, T-Bar or whatever the hell his name is after T-Bar had already tapped out to Bobby Lashley. So T-Bar is totally dead and buried right now. He... I'm sorry, Dominic Dijakovic. You are one of the best performers that WWE has right now, and they don't appreciate you. But then for them to bring them back, almost with the audacity of, hey, we're going to put them on the screen now in a positive (laughs) light. Like It was one of the most confusing things I've seen happen on Raw. They clearly buried them. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we have this new cool storyline because Ali was the hacker on SmackDown, don't you know? And I'm curious to see what's going to happen because I can see them almost doing a 180 next week i can see them coming out without those stupid masks i could see them maybe going back to their old names i could see them keeping retribution keep that but there's no use in calling shane thorne slapjack other than the hell the fact that it's just funny. That, yeah. that's it's the, their it's the greatest change. wrestling name that's their change i can dig that yeah and i can see them actually becoming a solid mid-card faction they are never going to be even on the Nexus's level, they got some they're always going to be right? this like C level mid tier faction. But I can see them salvaging what they have and creating something that they can then spin off with it. They would be great as the heaters for somebody. Like if you had, I, I actually, you know, Seth Rollins isn't on the card anymore, but they would be great as heaters for Seth Rollins. If they want to push Ali, great. Like he would be, they would be great heaters for him. I think that's the. But you're right. They're on their own. I think that's that every faction you should have the Ric Flair, the Triple H, the you know, I'm uh, the whoever you want, the Hulk Hogan. I'm not covering myself in glory with factions here, but the the guy who is the leader of the faction, who the faction is designed to sort of protect, and then you should have the goons. So before we do the last superlative of the week, and then we'll get into Hell in a Cell, there was one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm still not totally sure where this is going. What do you think the end game is for MJF Jericho? Are they going to really team up, or do you think it's just leading for maybe a quick team up and then a feud? I think that MJF is going to break up the inner circle. I think that MJF is going to start by pushing Sammy Guevara out in some way, shape, or form. And then I think through various different ways, he's going to whittle it down to is just him and Chris. Break it from like within, basically. Yeah, break it from within. And then eventually, maybe maybe by the time 
all out next year rolls around, we're seeing a genuine Jericho MJF match. I've said this time and again, I think ultimately in 20 years, we're going to look at MJF and Chris Jericho is going to be that little guy's floor. I think he's going to be one of the greatest characters wrestling has ever seen. He he has the mic skills of a goat right now. And he has the ability to improve over the next God knows how long he doesn't, he's not one of these spot monkeys doing flips and dives all the time. So he's not at risk of destroying his body prematurely. I think he's going to show everybody that he is the next coming of a Jericho like character in the world of wrestling. And this is going to be the jumping off point for that. I'm, I'm a huge MJF fan. I think the, you know, sky's the limit. The only thing I say for a floor, it's like Jericho was such a good wrestler at a young age. And I, I think MJF is really good, but I don't think he's on the level that Jericho yep. was at this age in like ECW or even when he first went to WCW in the ring. Now he was already better on the mic. A lot of that's opportunity because he gets to speak a lot more than Jericho did in the beginning. But I mean, just like, I know it's hard to remember because Jericho's getting fat and he's not, you know, quite the wrestler, but Jericho was so incredible in the mid like nineties, late nineties in the ring. Yeah. The, in terms of where I think MJF, I, I actually thought that it might be, uh, MJF taking over the inner circle and turning Jericho face. That would be fun um, too. The but yeah, I, mean, I I'm I'm sort of interested to see where this goes. I am not as high as MJF just because I am not ready to say that a 24, 25 year old kid is going to be one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> I like sports prospects, man. Like I, I mean, I'm all in on that. I, I, no, man. I mean, you're talking to a guy who said that I I've said that I thought that. Matt Riddle was the most can't miss prospect since. Uh, Good. I said that last year. Give me, give me. Uh, you said that last year. Okay. Yeah, it was before speaking out. Um, but I just thought because of his look and the catchphrase, like I thought, and the if, MMA. If he was ten years younger, totally. If he doesn't get fired, uh, yeah. Real quickly before we get into hell in a cell, uh, Sam, what show won the week for you? It's got to be AEW. I thought that, and it's. I have a bit of a different perspective than you guys watching this because of the West Coast thing, but knowing what happens, and it was still so entertaining to me. I just, I, I, I thought SmackDown did a really good, and even Raw was serviceable, and NXT was fine, not great. Mm-hmm. But, NXT has been weak lately. NXT hurt. NXT has been really weak lately, in my opinion. I love NXT, but I love NXT too. The only thing I'm really excited about in NXT is the women's division. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've had some bad luck too. In fairness, they've had hell of injuries. Uh, Rana, who won the uh, week for you show was? Yeah, uh, it's AEW, and it's really not even close. Like all of those first round matches were absolutely brilliant. Um, it actually got me thinking about the women's division. I don't remember the name of the young lady who had fought Britt Baker, but. She's going to be good if she sticks around in the women's division. So that's going to be another really good worker to add to the fold. Britt is just there basically to shine up the women's division. I I don't know why she's not the the title holder or hasn't had a shot for a while. But she's the only true character, in my opinion, in the women's division. That like there's there's some really great wrestlers who you know. No, wait, wait. We got Abaddon. 
Don't you be that, laughing at my girl. Dr. Britt Baker, in my oh, opinion, I, like is uh, I think Penelope's got a chance, uh, you know, from a character standpoint to be really interesting. But uh, the quality of the matches are great. They just they need somebody like Britt Baker to take over the division just because she's going to make it more interesting uh, with promos and, and, and that kind of stuff. Joe, what was your, uh, I'm assuming AEW as well? Yes. Uh, it's I, I, I'd like to think that it's going to be AEW by default until I'm proven wrong. SmackDown has been tremendous lately. Don't get me wrong. They, like I, like I said in our little chat before this started, it's so refreshing when main roster WWE isn't bad. Um, I will admit I haven't watched NXT. I haven't watched NXT weekly programming in a long time. I watched the highlights on YouTube after, but that's not the same thing. Uh, and Raw was confusing from start to end. It didn't seem like the show went one direction. Like I said, it felt like things were buried and resurrected at the same time. Uh, but yeah, AEW was great. Any show that has the La Dinner Debonair on it is is the winner. Sorry. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, last week I said SmackDown won, you know, by a hair over AEW, and it was mostly just because that Roman Reigns promo was incredible. Uh, this week, there's a little bit more room in the sense that AEW, I mean, when you have all the matches that they did on one card, I mean, that was like a pay-per-view uh, with, with the card that they had. And then also, you have the Jericho MJF. Uh, but, you know, just again, to reiterate, it's so nice when you have two wrestling programs that you're looking forward to each week. Uh, and I'm going to just, again, I know it's for money and all these different reasons, but if we're all going to go to two hours it would solve so many issues with Raw as a whole because I just really think it's so difficult to fill those three hours. And if you look at it, Raw has really never been the same, in my opinion, in quality since they went from two hours to three. No um, show has ever successfully done three hours. Yeah, Nitro, Nitro struggled too. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Hell in a Cell. Let's start at the bottom uh, and work our way up to the title matches. Uh, we got KO versus Aleister Black. Joe, take it whatever direction you want. Are you interested in this? Not. So um, I, I actually looked around. I can't find it being confirmed, but I can definitely see it happening after SmackDown, These the, this match and the next one being announced. Um, I think Aleister Black is the least interesting version of himself he's ever been. I agree. Um, they neutered him. He was an entrance and a finishing move. That was it. And, that's, and that got him super over in NXT. And they took away the entrance. That taker at the beginning was an entrance yeah. and a finisher move. Yeah, mean, they, they took away the they took away the badass intro and music. They gave him this eye patch so he what became Arlister Black. Oh my god! And then <laughs> I I I, like I absolutely do not want to see him win this match. Kevin Owens needs to win. He needs the momentum. Unfortunately, I think if he gets the momentum, he gets fed to Roman probably around Royal Rumble. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, I do think Kevin Owens would make a bang up intercontinental champ. Yeah, I I think he would make a bang up intercontinental champion. And the matchup with Sammy, I mean, we've seen them work magic together time and time again. So I think that would be a great next place for him to go after he beats Alistair Black. I give anything just to see those guys the way they throw punches, you know, in the middle of the ring. Nobody starts a match the way they do, or they just, I mean, they're throwing, you know, like haymakers at each other. Uh, Ron L, is there anything about this match or so? Actually, real quickly, who do you so you, you got uh, Black winning? 
Me? I've got, yeah. I've got KO winning. I don't want okay. to see Black anywhere near it. Getting well, I'm season. saying that's who you are. You saying that's who you want winning or who you think? I'm just asking. Like, who oh, do you KO think is going? winning this match. Okay. If, if it right. happens, Kevin Owens okay. is winning this match. Rano, who you got? Uh, I also have Kevin Owens. Um, I'm very disappointed, like everyone else, that Aleister Black is just I, – I don't even have anything to put on to it that hasn't already been said. Um, Kevin Owens should win and hopefully does. I love the pirate thing, by the way. Uh, yeah. Sam? <laughs> uh, it's Kevin Owens. Um, I did want to piggyback and say that the um, the you know the entrance and a finisher, like – Randy Orton's been a main eventer for like 15 years. Wow. There's nothing. Yeah. I will never take this chance to crap on Randy Orton. Um, the, he, he the love a, for Brian and the disdain for Orton is something that's very consistent on this podcast from Sam. Yeah. The, um, he is, if I, he is a gym bag to me in that. Um, the, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go around as KO. I think that it, it, it's, it's really just sad to me to see, I agree, like what's happened to Aleister Black. Like he's, you know, I, and they're talking about changing his gimmick. I hope that they do. Then so, I think oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say too. Then it will go. Sorry. No, you're good. CBS Sports was actually, it said uh, card. So I'm assuming that means too the way they had him split up that the Mysterio Rollins Murphy is that not official yet either? That's not official yet either. Okay. Because so, I, I was looking for that info and then they did come up, but it says 2020 Hell in a Cell predictions after it says Hell in a Cell card. Well, that's what I get. For I can see these matches being added definitely though. <laughs> All right, let's do the four that we know are Jeff Hardy versus Elias. I just want to say I'm so happy to see Elias back. Uh, he was one of my favorite i guess was it 2019 really that was his breakout year or was it 2018 i can't even remember when he first really showed up uh, but he has been a like just a pleasant surprise i i loved his performance uh this last week he is uh you know it doesn't hurt that he looks like macho man randy savage i hope that they have him in this match because they're going to put him over jeff hardy it would be arguably one of the biggest wins of his career i was trying to think of a, a bigger name that he would have beat uh at a, a pay-per-view and not just like a raw or smackdown uh so i'm going to say elias wins this and again it's just good to have him back uh and i just can't wait to see over the next few months all the different people that are going to interrupt him uh while he's playing a song and you know him get really pissed off about it so uh, Sam, who you got one in this match? I have Elias. Um, I also would say that I think this was a storyline that we were talking about where they they paid because remember. Oh yeah, part- it was. You're right because he was uh, the one that Seamus convinced you know hit him with his car and yep. Yeah, it's Elias, and I'm glad to see Elias back. I think that it, it's a great heel. Like we've seen it with The Rock, we've seen it with Jericho, like singing shitty, like singing mean <laughs> about faces. It's a great heel gimmick. It's just. It is what it is, and I'm never going to hate on it. So, yeah, I would hope that Elias wins this. Ron out. Got to be Elias. Uh, coming back, You, we got to get some kind of momentum. We don't want to get excited about his return and just, you know, stifle him out the gate. Joe? Ronell's a man of few words. <laughs> <laughs> Usually not. 
Uh, I definitely think Elias has to win this match because if you think about it, Jeff Hardy, it was framed as the drunk driving assailant. So like that, that does kind of make him the heel in this match. Uh, I actually just saw that there's a comment on uh, the Hell in a Cell predictions video that I just threw up on Mark's name, Joe, cheap plug. Uh, oh, you're going to get a plug at the end. Oh, you're trust me. You ain't got a cheap plug. No, I understand. But uh, where uh, somebody just commented that they think there's going to be a swerve where it turns out that Elias and Sheamus set up Jeff Hardy. And I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. That would make it that would make it fun. And but I don't think there's Jeff Hardy doesn't need this win one. But that hasn't stopped WWE before. Elias came just to that ass rock concert. And it, like that was fun. And I think Elias being this new expanded version of his character is fun he's right where he needs to be on the show that needs more stuff to fill time so i think we're going to see him getting a big push and i think it starts on sunday beating jeff hardy elias samson maybe they'll give him back his last name (laughs) (laughs) so the next match we're going to talk about and it's hard to believe we're finally here for those that have been listening to the team turnbuckle podcast from the beginning we have been discussing when is Sasha and Bailey going to actually feud and have a match for, I swear to God, the entire year and a half? We've been doing this podcast, and we're here. Since January. Uh, real quick before we get to the prediction, what was the deal with Bailey not signing? Is it just a heel move, or are we leading to something else here? Heel move. Okay. I, I would I, hope that it's just a heel move, but that maybe that's how they, they delay – the hell in the cell. I mean, totally not GM Adam Pierce is going to make her sign. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Who, who among us is not aware of the famous Adam Pierce who was not watching like the independence in the, a decade ago. Um, I will say that one, uh, I talked to Keith about this. It's one thing that annoys me about the WWE is when you have this yearly, I, I think hell in a cell should be a, stipulation that you pull out uh it is not a yearly thing i think that now that being said if ever there was a match that hell in a cell was deserved for it's bailey sasha like it is supposed to be a match where you have two people who want to hurt each other and you're going to give them that chance and and i'm hoping that the the not signing thing is that we're that we're going to delay this match um you know, I, I think the draw it out, you know, make Bailey a heel. I think Sasha is, I, I can't believe that we're at a point where Bailey and Sami Zayn are two of the best heels on television, but. And Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, no, Roman. I mean, that's more because I never thought Vince would actually do that. But uh, I, I think that. I wasn't sure it was going to work, though. I mean, just to be honest, like, you know, his promo work has been it's proven that his face work was so bad on the mic because it was so scripted because it's the teeth. It's gotta be the teeth. Yep. Well, that's fair. Uh, (laughs) I think also having your prediction, uh, you got one in this match, Rono. Oh my God. If it happens, if it it happens, um, I'm also under the impression that it was just a heel move and that we actually do get this match. Everything in me is saying that Sasha is going to win and she's supposed to win here. I just have a hard time actually thinking it's 
going to really happen, but I'm still going to stick with Sasha Banks. Uh, it just, it seems like they're going to save this. I mean, we've talked about it here that this seems like this is a moment they need to save for, for mania. Um, uh, even though there's not much more you can really do in terms of uh, Bailey in terms uh, having the, this being the longest women's SmackDown championship reign, Outside of like a, a serious injury to bail uh, to Sasha right now to be able to put this further down the road, I don't see a, a reason that Sasha does not win. Yeah, I think when they made it a Hell in a Cell match, that was pretty much your answer that Sasha is going to get the belt because I could have seen, and that's why I was asking about the not signing the contract. Maybe Bailey somehow weasels out of it not being a Hell in a Cell match since we already have two of them. Then I could see her, you know, whether it be disqualification, you know, count out, she cheats to win, whatever, somehow getting out with the title. But I just, I don't know how you can build this feud up, have Hell in a Cell, and then have Bailey go over. It just, especially with Sasha's history of just like, I mean, Sasha's almost like Charlie Brown with the title because... I mean, I think she's what a five-time champion, and she's never and even defended five. it. Never, never even defended it. I mean, that is insane. I, I, you know, get mad about people that say, you know, oh, Roman Reigns is, you know, overbooked, and it's like Reigns is only, I think, as long as title reigns, like ninety days. Sasha can't even get through her first defense, so it's like if somebody should complain, it should be Sasha. So I've got Sasha going over, but I do want to kind of jump on what Sam was saying. Not only should they not be doing Hell in a Cell as this individual pay-per-view, I don't really want to see three of these. And I'm really disappointed. The Roman Reigns match would have been fine as an I Quit match. It actually probably would be better as just an I Quit match. I don't really understand why they had to put it in Hell in a Cell, even though it is cool to, you know, that's a, it's finally a new gimmick inside Hell in a Cell. But I, I just, three of them, uh, especially since they've gone to the red cage, it's kind of hard to watch, too. Uh, so... It is what it is. But I got Sasha. Joe, who who you got one in this thing? So I'm, I'm going to keep kicking the dead horse of Hell in a Cell for a second first. Uh, it's a feud ender. It should be a feud yeah. ender. It should be something that is called out. It should be something that you are like, oh, my God, when somebody says Hell in a Cell. But no, we know it's coming in October. It's pointless. And the last two main events for Hell in a Cell have ruined oh, the pay-per-view forever. Me, in my mind. I forgot. The, the Fiend, oh my God, the Rollins Fiend. Non-finishes. finish. Yeah. It's Hell in a Cell. I Every time I think of Hell in a Cell, oh, my, my, my mind goes back to Armageddon, goes back to the six-man chaos where they killed each other before the match even started. The cage wasn't down yet, and everyone's dead. Like, that's what I the want out of this. And, and you can't, and oh, we can't hit Bray Wyatt with a hammer. No, <laughs> and then freaking Brock Lesnar coming in and F5-ing people in the that show was, closing? Oh, that, oh. Okay. Wait, no. wait. Last year, all I remember was a virtual boy demonstration. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but back to this match. I think that this match is going to tell a couple of great stories. I think you know Sasha Banks is going to win this match, and I will be completely heartbroken if she does not. But I think coming out of this, they're going to tell the story of oh, it doesn't. Bailey's going to cut a promo saying it doesn't matter that Sasha beat her because she's going to get the belt back tonight oh. on SmackDown and. 
Sasha Banks is going to come out and she is just going to be like, all right, let's do this right now. And she's going to demolish Bailey. And then she's going to cut a promo about how that blue belt's not going anywhere. Cause all of those Owen fives, those have been raw women's title matches. Yeah. So let's say the raw women's Were title and Sasha Banks too? are cursed, are cursed. What was that? Were they all against Charlotte? No, Alexa bliss beat her once. Okay. I think, um, and didn't, didn't Bailey? No, Bailey didn't beat her this last time. Oscar uh, yeah. beat her this last time. Um, Sorry, I, didn't, I just was trying yeah, to remember if it was but all I, I think I think that we're going to, unfortunately, because I, I love when titles change hands frequently, <laughs> not like hot shot. Like, I right, don't want no, it to no, be yeah. like, oh, it's been two weeks, new champion. But I like when a few people get a chance to hold the belt throughout the course of the year. But I would love to see her go on this torrid she beats everybody on the roster several times in title matches proving everybody wrong and just making that blue belt awesome her and matches are both deserve that like yeah. her and reigns for what their longest title reigns have been and who they are they both deserve lengthy title runs. she needs an entrance at wrestlemania 37 in raymond james stadium in front of people with her cousin Snoop Dogg rapping her intro live in person. Mm. And like she, need, she needs that. And she's going to do it coming out in a low rider, giving, praise, giving a call back to Eddie Guerrero. Awesome. And it's going to be such a great moment. And I'm going to cry like a small child. <laughs> See, so I will I'm, too. Going, I'm going the opposite direction. I think Bailey wins. And I just knowing the WWE, I think this is when Tamina comes out again oh my god oh god dude spat out my drink what are you doing (laughs) if this happens i'm going to find you yeah if if they're listening to this podcast and now they just rewrote the ending of the match thanks a lot sam i have an idea (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i'm gonna get no no no. here's why so i figured that they they're not just going to do one match with this. They're gonna this is going to be another Randy Orton type Randy Orton McIntyre feud where they wrestle two or three times. Um, I'm going with and, and I looked at the surreptitiously looked at the SmackDown roster and the only heater that they have, I mean, well the only big woman that they have is uh, yeah heater implies heat um, is. <laughs> Nina and I think that they'll to keep them apart. That's what they'll do. That that's the only person that I can see. Maybe Bianca Belair. Ronda. Um, I don't know. Mo is the one who saved them. Um, but yeah, I think that they're going to do some sort of wacky finish to prolong this feud. And I'm picking Bailey. I don't think it's clean, but I'm picking Bailey. So we've got two more world title Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, let's do McIntyre Orton first. Um, I really am confused if Orton does not win this because I just don't understand why they keep fighting and they keep this story going. Um, if he's not eventually going to get the belt, I, I, I told the guys on previous podcasts, the fact that they've mentioned how many times he's been champion so many times I felt like it was a red herring and it's basically a giveaway that he's going to at least get one more. And I really do think, you know, if Orton gets the title win here, it's probably going to be his last one. So it's going to be the end of his, you know, title number, which is so impressive. Uh, even though if you look at the error, obviously it's not a coincidence that two guys, uh, you know, both have moved up the ranks with Cena Todd with Flair and, you know, Orton only a few behind, or I guess one behind Triple H or two behind, but uh so I think Orton's going to win this match. I think it would be good for McIntyre too, honestly. And it, it was what I was saying earlier. It's not McIntyre's fault. It's just difficult being the world champion right now because it, there's no crowd. There's no reaction. 
Uh, and I actually think it would do some good for them. Put the belt on Orton, change up the main event scene. Uh, you could even have somebody cost McIntyre, you know, the title. I don't care. I just want something to change up. Uh, and again, if, if it ends up being McIntyre going over Orton for what, a third straight pay-per-view, I'm just going to be a little confused. I don't remember any feud going from SummerSlam to Hell in a Cell uh, ever. So it, it just would be a little bit uh, interesting. Joe, who you got? I'm, I'm right with you. If it's not Orton, why are we doing this? All summer long, I've been saying it's going to be Orton. It's going to be Orton. It's going to be Orton. I'm really down on the fact that I think that WWE wants to pull the trigger on Orton versus Edge for the title at WrestleMania oh, God, 37. I, I really hope that that doesn't happen because I don't want to see Orton hold that belt that long. Like, And I, the, the, there's no point in this match happening if Drew McIntyre is just going to win again. And the angle that they tried to send us home with on Monday Night Raw really sat poorly with me because they had Orton sitting inside the cage, just sitting inside the cage. He had a message from hell and he's just sitting on a chair in the cage. And Drew McIntyre comes out with bolt cutters and he gets into the cage and he just stands there and looks at him. As one does. What? <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't understand why... This has cooled off so tremendously from where it started, and it feels like, well, who else is going to go out there and face McIntyre right now? So it's got to be Randy Orton to begin with. But if he doesn't win this title match, I'm, I, I'm especially with the way the ambulance match ended, right? Like it was kind of a perfect ending to that story. You know, he yeah. screwed over all those veterans; they all played a role in McIntyre getting the win. Like I thought it was over, and then here we are. So I'm just confused. Ron mm-hmm. Al, who you got, buddy? Yeah, uh, it's got to be it's got to be Randy. I mean, I love Drew. Uh, thank you for you had a really great run. Um, you should have, uh, um, barring any significant injuries, you should have many more titles in your future. And you know, let's let's get something else going. Uh, let's get some. Let's see what kind of program we can uh, line up next for Randy. And AJ Styles Orton. That's what I'm hoping it leads to. I wouldn't be a bad one. It's just, you know, will will they do the heel on heel uh, for Monday night would be the question. But then again, when it comes to the title, you know, everybody, that's what, what everybody wants. So the fact that it would be two heels wouldn't be a terrible thing. But yeah, it's got to be Randy Orton. Samuel? Oh, I'm, I'm going with Drew. Um, Contrarian. <laughs> I, I, well, no, it, it is. You guys have too much faith in the WWE's booking. Um, <laughs> you might be right about that. I don't know if, um, now let me say this. I don't even know. Well, my pick is in part because, uh, Triple H said that he thought that, uh, Orton, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Drew Roman could be their Rock Austin. And next month, the Survivor Series, I would be shocked if they weren't going to do that match there. Uh, the only thing that I might see. And I really am just sort of spitballing here is Orton wins and then Otis cashes in. It is a, you know, and Orton, and he holds the title for like a night, you know, something goofy like that to get him on Raw. That's the only, but I I, know, I think Drew wins and I think we get a program to set up. uh, Eventually, we're going to get Drew versus Keith Lee for Mania. Don't you think, though, it would make more sense if he believes that 
to not have McIntyre face Reigns at Survivor Series with somebody from NXT in the match and instead save that for, you know, That assumes NXT is still invited. That's fair because it's pretty bad. It's actually a very good point. And they don't even have a champion really right now. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to touch anybody with the NXT title. No right kidding. Now. Right. They're, they're, it's cursed. <laughs> it's right now, it definitely is. Uh, so the last match is Reigns versus Uso. First ever Hell in a Cell match with the stipulation of I quit. Uh, I'm very excited about this match, mostly because when this feud started, I thought it was going to lead to Jay Uso basically being beaten into becoming Reigns' lackey. You know, both both Usos actually eventually becoming, you know, his henchmen because it would make sense with him being the tribal chief, with him being heel. I think Jay Uso has done such a fantastic job that I, I think it would be unfair to put him in that role because even after he loses his feud, and by the way, Reigns will win, uh, I think that he's done enough to where he deserves a chance to be a single star for a little bit. Let him maybe try to, you know, go after the IC belt. Or even just put them in an interesting feud with there's a lot of good heels on SmackDown. Um, but like I said, what I'm most interested in is just what's going to happen. Because, you know, Reigns said it immediately on SmackDown after their last match uh, that, you know, it was going to be the biggest stakes of your life. I talked about on the promo the week after they made it the I Quit match that, you know, again, he brought up that, you know, you're going to pay for it after you say I quit, and it's going to be, you know, the biggest stipulation of your life. So I'm just curious to see where they're going with this at this point. And a year ago, I'd have been really nervous. Uh, and with most other storylines, I'd be really nervous. But they have done such a good job with this Reigns Hill turn, and just almost everything about it has been so good that, I'm just excited to see where it goes, but I think Reigns wins, uh, and I think it's going to get brutal. Uh, and I also just FYI love that you actually had Reigns use a, uh, a submission move and get somebody to tap out on SmackDown because I don't know if it, it would have been weird to see it in Hell in a Cell because I cannot remember him basically ever even using a submission move, much less getting anybody to tap out or say I quit. Uh, Ronald, who you got in this match? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Roman. Um, I think um, I'm going to go back to what I had said when they had first, when he had first said um, the the highest stakes. I think it's really going to be about him making him persona non grata uh, in the family, something like you know something like that to tie it on. That's probably going to be what he drops on us this Friday, and. Jay's going to put on a really great effort. Um, they're probably going to put on a really good match in this Hell in a Cell, and the, being with it being in a Hell in a Cell gives Jay more of a more opportunities to look where he may actually go over. But in the end, you know, the big dog wins out. Joe, so I I'm I'm going to you know bury myself a little bit here. I just googled what persona non grata means because my my education in here hey, dude, he's was real, awful. He says things all the time that I don't know and, what they mean. So don't and do that. so Google defines it as an unacceptable or unwelcome person, and that's right in line with where I think that I'm going. Uh, I'm not interested in, in picking the winner because the winner is Roman Reigns. Uh, the the big interesting thing is what is this 
the the highest stakes that Jey Uso has ever faced. And I genuinely think that with the way that they've built this feud around this family, they are going to say that like there's going to be another impressive video package. They're going to pull back the kayfabe curtain again. They'll call Roman Reigns Joe Anawai. He's already called himself that before. They'll call him uh, Joshua Fatu or whatever his first name is. He's one of the two. And uh, they're going to, I think Roman is going to make him renounce the last name Fatu. And I think that that is going to be the stake. He quits being a member of his own family. And I think that ultimately to tie in Keith's idea, I do think that he's going to need to serve Roman Reigns as the tribal chief in order to come back into the graces of the family. I think there needs to be something compelling like that to to really sell this the highest stakes everything i want to put out there that i think this is the best thing i've seen from wwe at least in my return to watching the company because i i took when a was big that? hiatus I forgot. I know you it was 2016 was the was when i came back so in the last three and three years and change i think this is the best thing yeah, we were I around the same seen. time actually <laughs> really yeah, better so- than kofi mania Kofi Mania was really good and it felt really good and it felt like it was very well deserved, but it felt partially manufactured. It did feel partially manufactured. It was great that the fans convinced Vince to do it. I don't feel like without the fans rallying around Kofi that it would have ever happened. It was supposed to be Mustafa Ali's spot, but Mustafa Ali wouldn't have gotten a WrestleMania match going over Daniel Bryan. I think it was a beautiful story that they told. Do, do not get me wrong. That is top five things. But I really do think that this tribal chief will turn yeah. because Roman is adding a new layer every time he's in the ring too. The, the, like you said, the submission move, the, the taking off the vest. I genuinely think we're also going to see new entrance music for, for him so. at Hell in a Cell. I, so. I think that that's going to be how they package him, how he comes out. It's going to be it's going to be like the darkest thing Moana ever did, or if that's a thing, I don't know. And Moana <laughs> three is going to be pretty freaking weird. Cause Moana two was already pretty nuts with their first match. So I do think <laughs> the stake is he's going to have to renounce his last name right. and, and then we're going to go from there. I just oh. hope this rains angle can keep going. Cause I think it was on the mass man show. They said that if he keeps doing this good of work, you know, on the like acting side, he's going to be, in a spinoff Hobbs and Shaw franchise. Oh no, 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 him. no, he doesn't. Yeah. Stop don't, speaking. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm worried about it. Like, yeah. because it's, Stop you know, it's that good. Sam, go ahead. What you got, buddy? Um, I am obviously Roman. Uh, I, and again, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that there might be a heel turn from, uh, Jimmy. Is that I think that that's how we'll get this finished. Vince loves nothing like that. There's that, the gift set of Vince, like the three picture set. Of him like losing his shit when he ah. Oh, but wouldn't that oh. be so disappointing? Because that would mean Reigns is going to need help to win, correct? No, 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 no. You no, think no, like no. a post-match I, deal where he turns I, on him? Oh, I think Jimmy throws him towel again. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense because then Jay doesn't technically quit. I, I right. could, I could, I could deal with that. Uh, Joe, I just have to throw in real quickly. You calling this Moana two? was shades of and this is going to be before your time so i'm going to need you to look this up um bobby heenan saying that's it steamboat that's using your pineapple juice jake roberts <laughs> teeing him on the apron on saturday night's main event all right i'll look that up uh, all right 
Is there anything that we missed? No. Okay. We well, let's. Uh, we're gonna close the show here, Joe. I want you to definitely plug your podcast, YouTube channel, Twitter, all that stuff. Because I want people to be able to check you out. All right. So yeah, thank you guys again for having me on. This was a blast as always. And we'll have to have the three of you on. I guess we'll, uh, Joe and I will have to find a third person named Joe to, to even the you six know, man tag match. Yeah, six man tag match. There we go. Small, Joe. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, like I said earlier, you can find me on Twitter at keep up with the letter K, Fabe. Uh, you can also find my podcast on YouTube. It is Mark's named Joe. Uh, we don't have a, a, an audio version of the podcast yet because we're we're trying to keep things as simple as we possibly can at the moment. But yeah, Mark's name, Joe. We just uploaded a video today. This is Thursday coming in with our Hell in a Cell predictions. And so, yeah, that's, that's about all I got to say. Again, Was there any surprising point totals uh, with your picks today? Uh, well, actually, the, the point of our point totals this time is we're going to do a fantasy all-time draft of every wrestler, of every promotion of all time. We're going to create our own brands, and whoever wins gets the first pick. Oh, cool. We, it was also a way to, to chicken out because we've had two guests. Now we've <laughs> had you guys, and we had Stephanie Hypes, and we got beat both yeah, times. That's what... <laughs> so if you can't beat them, then don't you even invite them change on. the format. <laughs> we're going to change the rules. Lie, cheat, steal. Uh, Ron, how you got anything you want to plug, buddy? Uh, yes, as always, um, harvestcreditors.com. Um, you can find me at official Ron L. Tinsley on Instagram, Ron L. Tinsley on Facebook. Uh, if you need help cleaning up your credit score, uh, anything on your credit report, get at me. Mention the Team Turnbuckle podcast and save $100 on starting your credit repair services, including the ability to write your living will, trust, and power of attorney. Uh, and um, this lovely hat that I'm wearing. Um, uh, check out t.e.d845 that's ted with periods in between each letter 845 um that's if you're if you're into into hip-hop and check out his latest lp entitled sheesh samuel uh po- plug my twitter account it is my first initial my last name s how h-o-u-g-h 610 uh also want to plug uh the team turnbuckle twitter account which is team turnbuckle uh the all-star benefit with uh ibn sports it's purge week you better be an all-star yeah it's funny Um, stuff going on right now too i yeah why do you think i'm promoting it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i i also want to uh promote uh there is a comedy show that i love in los angeles called a drinking game they do a live performative script reading of a movie uh, there are certain words and phrases that the audience drinks during. They are doing a free streaming show, uh, eight o'clock Eastern time, five o'clock Pacific time, seven o'clock central, uh, tickets are free. They're doing young Frankenstein this Saturday at a drinking It is hilarious. Highly recommend it. So, um, I just want to plug the IB sports podcast, uh, feed, we are on Anchor, iTunes, and Spotify, and specifically, we have a podcast we've been doing now for the last five weeks. It is the weekly daily fantasy football podcast. I'm telling you, our picks are hot fire right now. We give three players at each position on DraftKings. We pick a high-tier guy, low-tier guy and a medium-tier guy. Last week, some of the guys that we gave, Kyler Murray, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, those were our high-tier. The medium-tier hits were Kirk Cousins, Kenny Galladay, Justin Jefferson, and Chase Claypool. 
And then most impressively, I want to say I gave because I did give these guys, Travis Fogum, Trey Burton, and Kristen Kirk. And then my man Joe gave both Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Cooks. Those six guys in the low tier were all under five, or excuse me, Fitzpatrick was actually 5,200, but the rest of the guys were under $5,000. They all scored at least 18 points. Trey Burton was 3,200, and he scored 21.9 points. Uh, it is free fantasy football advice, and I cannot guarantee our picks are going to be this good for forever. So you want to get them now while the train is hot. But uh, other than that, again, please support the brand. Ivy Sports, the Facebook group is so much fun. It's Purge Week this week. I'm telling you, the Ivy Sports page on Facebook is like nothing you've ever seen. It's outstanding. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're ever interested in joining that, it's Ivy Sports uh, on Facebook. It's also on Twitter uh, at Ivy Sports. But guys, this has been a blast. You know, I love talking wrestling with uh, my buddies. So, I appreciate that. Let's hope that Hell in a Cell is another short pay-per-view. Uh, we've discussed how WWE's been knocking it out of the park with these like two and a half, three hours top pay-per-view. It looks like we're headed that way, but uh, we will see you guys soon. And again, be sure to check out Joe's, uh, not only his Twitter page, but also the Mark's Name Joe YouTube channel. It's some really good stuff. And uh, we will see you guys next week.